one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Red Men Originals podcast time with me, Paul Machin. I'm joined by Chris Page, Chloe Boxham and Dan Club as well for this one. Liverpool won yet another game of football. Uh, and... Once again, just to make sure it, uh, normality's been restored across the board, the entire nation hates us. Um, so yeah, pretty standard, pretty standard Monday uh, in the world of Liverpool um, at the moment. We'll discuss all of that in due course, of course. Um, and just to let you know, we're going to be doing a lot more on Newcastle and Man United. We're doing the Bias Football Podcast after this on Redmen Plus. That's going to be the, a hefty old top four chat on that one. Of course, we'll 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 have bits and pieces of it in this one. But yeah, if you want to talk, if you want to come and hear us talk about those games and what a couple of games they were, uh, yeah, come over to Redmen Plus uh, and join us over there. If you want it for an entire year for for half price, uh, go and use the code Year Y E A R over there as well. That'd be amazing. Right, <sighs> let's dive into it. Um, Chris Pajak, I've, oh, I can't not really thought about it too much because there's lots of other stuff going on in the world and, and life and all that. But the one of the, the things that really stood out for me in that game was how much I think we decided we were going to boot Brentford everywhere. Uh, and I haven't really seen Liverpool do that for a while. And if you want a, a clear, there's no clear example of that than Virgil van Dijk taking a yellow card for snapping someone in half. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been bullied in games against these and your Brightons and your Bournemouths, all these teams that make that the level. It felt a little bit like Liverpool trying to redress that at the weekend. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think it, I think it did, but it was it was the whole team all of the time in every situation. It wasn't just like, I'm not going to be bullied in a one-on-one tackle and stuff like that. It was like, listen, we know you're coming at us for corners and throw-ins and we're going to be there and stand up and you're going to be in a physical match as well. Uh, And I think when Liverpool are at their absolute peak under Jürgen Klopp, they are both physically brilliant, they're mentally brilliant and, and they're technically brilliant. And you can't, I don't think this side at the moment can be all of those things all at once, but it can pick and choose what it's going to be. I think that's what Liverpool did really well. Yeah, it's like buying a starter house. You're giving something up. You're giving garden up or you're giving up the third bed size in the third bedroom. Liverpool are either like technically superb um, but they lack physicality or they've got a technically superb physicality and then the, the legs fall off with, after 45 minutes and so on. Yeah, I like that. Um, Chloe, did you enjoy the performance? I enjoyed it more than Fulham. I thought Fulham, I was quite bored, to be honest. I thought we had our chances against Brentford. Um, Darwin Nunes had a couple of chances as well. I thought one one goal could have been two or three if we would have just, you know, been a bit more clinical on the day. Um, like I mentioned, you know, in the post-match stuff afterwards, I was a little bit nervous 45 minutes onwards, but I think that was mainly due to the referee. Just He couldn't wait to give fouls for them here, there and everywhere, which doesn't help anyone. And then to add on top of the fact that 
Liverpool have been this side that usually crumble this season and yet we haven't really seen that in the past six games because they've all been wins but you know we we've had results where we've been boss and then the next game we've all of a sudden lost out of nowhere and been horrific um so there was also a little bit of caution from my end of you know let's not see that Liverpool again but there is a chance we could but yeah I thought I thought what we did brilliantly which we haven't done at all this season was our game management we we got ourselves through the game we dug deep we didn't really have to hit another gear and Brentford overall didn't really lay a glove on us I what was the general sense from you Dan because we were talking after the game around Anfield and mm. being to a few other people as well felt quite nervous about it and a lot of that of course ties back into Liverpool this season you know not been not been resolute and keeping the door shut and what mm. have you what was your what was your general vibe? Yeah, I think especially coming into a game like this, where in the reverse fixture they had bullied us essentially at their place, certainly from set pieces. They obviously identified a weakness and capitalised on it. So there was definitely and we haven't been perfect at that recently, not enough for obvious recently causes problems. And you think a side like Brentford, who are bigger, stronger and better at set pieces are going to give us a bit of a nightmare. But like you said earlier, it looked to me, it's actually something we've been crying out for all season. I wanted to see us be more offended by what teams were doing to us in the game. Mm -hmm. And we weren't able to do that. But it looks like just recently, we've kind of built up all that anger and gone, that's not going to happen anymore. And this on Saturday was definitely that because early doors, Canate goes up for an aerial challenge with Tony and lets him know he's there. Van Dijk goes through someone early doors. And we have been shrinking violence at times this season and there was none of that on Saturday so all the nerves that I had about listen this Benford side of a good side of a good well drilled outfit and they're gonna cause problems kind of went and I was calmed by the fact that we just looked more up for it than we have been recently and it looked as if we, we did say listen we're not gonna let these come here and show what they're about we're gonna impose ourselves on them so the performance, although it wasn't brilliant, you mentioned it wasn't the most technically brilliant performance you're ever going to see from Liverpool. It showed the other side, and that's actually the side I've wanted to see more of this season, that willingness to fight, and that was there on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree on that. And Mo Salah, ninth consecutive Anfield goal, which is a record. Um, he's got 30 goals in all comps this season, Chris. And um, It's funny because I made a joke about it on Pint about how everyone's been going, oh, Saka, Saka better than Salah, he's better than Salah. He's got like now probably think that now sixteen less goal contributions on the season, having played in the Europa League this campaign as well, compared to the Champions League. He, it looks like he's actually quite enjoying his footy, which wasn't the case I don't think at the start of the season with his with a change of role. Was I think it looks like he's and maybe part of that is that other things are functioning around him better. Um, but he does just seems to be having a, a good old time at the Reds. He does, he does. And I think one of them is the, the change of formation probably gets him on the ball a little bit more in areas that he feels he can affect the game a little bit more and stuff like that. So I think that's important for Mo. He wants to he wants to be the main man at Liverpool. And I think for all the talk of, you know, Sadio Mane leaving and, and Bobby Firmino not being as involved this season, that's left one guy to shoulder the burden for the most part of the season and, you know, big changes to the front line because of Jota being injured and Diaz being injured and Nunes not being firing on all cylinders and yet there's a constant there who's continued to put in the goals. Who's now not even in as anywhere near as good a front three as he was in and yet has still managed to get more goals than Marcus Rashford so far on the season. Um, and while everyone's saying he's crap at the same yeah, time, yeah, 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 you right. know, so it's it's unbelievable what he does really, time in, time again. And moreover, well, he's not being mentioned for like football of the year, mm. you know, and the, the, you know, not even. There's, a, there's, like a there's loads of Liverpool of fans that think he's not our football of the year, you know, and and you know, there's there's an argument there of, of whether he is or he isn't, but 
And me and Dan were talking about this last week. I do think he has been our footballer of the year just for the sheer amount of contributions he's made to us winning games. Yeah, I think it's it's a toss up between him and Allison. Yeah, that's, guys and that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that was an exact conversation we had. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree on that. Um, skate any cloak, you know, not that we we run out of superlatives from Mohamed Salah, we we genuinely do. But in some regards, when we run out, it's like we stop talking about him. What I thought was really interesting about the game, we sang his name before. Yes, we sang his name without him scoring a goal, which hasn't happened. But it's now. There is a little bit to There's which it was a little a bit of a thumb, it was the king. thumb in the eye, up the nose, <laughs> nose up at the king uh, himself. But it was. It was just great to hear a general Mohamed Salah loving in the ground. And we, it should be that every game. See how Messi was like deified at Barcelona at the, at the new camp. That's what Salah should be like for us. Yeah, I, I did. I spoke about this earlier, which is mad. Um, me and Joe were talking about, you know, songs that will never be recreated, not and can ever live up to it. And Salad that first season, his song was one of the loudest songs I've ever heard on the cop. And because it's just became the norm that he does this now, his song is sung less because it's what we expect. It's the standards that he's put there for himself. Um but he should never be overlooked for, for what he's done at Liverpool and what he continues to do. Um and I just love the fact that throughout every point in his career He's always been the one who loves the pressure, who puts the pressure on him. I remember we were we were going for top four in that COVID season, mm. and he turned around and said, "We'll we'll get top four. We'll I'll do everything in my power to help this team get top four. He did it. He's he, he constantly comes out and says how you know he'll help us. And something that I've missed from him is. I've never really felt like he loves Liverpool as much as maybe we loved him. Mm. And that was more from the perspective of he's just so private in his own life. He never comes out and says much of that. Um, yeah, in his post-match stuff the other day, he turned around and said, I feel at home here. Like, I love being here. And it's great to see that because it's a season where we've been crap. We might not get top four. So you, and he's a player that deserves to be winning Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues week in, week out. He'd walk into absolutely any side in Europe, including Real Madrid, who've got an incredible front line. Um, yeah, what what he's done for Liverpool is just absolutely incredible. We talk about Steven Gerrard as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, to ever play for Liverpool for most. And Mo Salah is in less seasons. And I know the different positions, but he's not an out-and-out striker. And yet he's just it is his goal tally for Liverpool. Ridiculous. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Um look, we did a big old chat about Darwin Nunes, so I'm I don't really want to feel like we're totally going in on him or, you know, constantly whatever. I Dana, I just do feel I just feel a bit sorry for Darwin at the moment, you know. You know, a bit like all of us, he could just do with this season being over. Um that doesn't mean there's not more to be had from it. There's not more, you know, positives and good vibes and good moments and all that kind of thing to yeah. be earned in the in the last few games. Um, but yeah, he could just do. I reckon he could just do with the scrutiny off him. Either that or just scoring all of the remaining games. Yeah, he seems to be getting more frustrated with each passing game, doesn't he? Because each passing game, the minute for him means more big chances squandered. Um, you should say the ball for the big chance from Trent Alexander-Arnold is just ridiculous. Like mm. it's stupid how he can even play that pass. But yeah, for Darwin, I think. What was telling and all of that, and Chloe just on the Salah thing, you write about his post-match interview with Salah, by the way, it was outstanding. It gave me 2021 vibes, actually. But also with Darwin, his reaction to missing that chance um, 
he, that kind of summed up where he's at at the minute because he almost looked around to say, well, whose fault was that? Not in a way like passing the blame, but it was like, how is this happening? Like, how, why can't they like, just score that? Yeah. And immediately it made me think, when you were previously at Benfica, you probably do just score that. And that's just kind of indicative of I was just not clicking for him at the moment. And it's been an interesting season in many senses because starts well, obviously, Community Shield and stuff like that, and then gets sent off quite early on in the season. And they just kind of think... It felt like he was settling potentially into a system. And then I've said it the other day, like Diaz comes back, Gakpo comes into the side, Jota's back. And all of a sudden he's further down the pecking order. We're playing a completely different way. And then he's got to come back in and find his feet again. It's been a weird season. And I think he's kind of, he's showing that in his manner, his performances right now. He's not giving up in terms of effort, but when it comes to scoring goals, which essentially is what we bought him for, it's just not happening. And he doesn't look like he quite understands why. He looks completely lost on a football pitch. I stood at Anfield the other day and I thought to myself, he doesn't know where he needs to be, what he's trying to do, when he needs to press. And he needs time to bring in. He's lacked match fitness, which is why I thought, you know, he had a, a couple of really good chances that he didn't. There was one which was a through ball, which I feel like he was offside for in the end. But he goes to kick it and then he thinks otherwise and he just stumbles over the ball yeah. and it's so awkward. Second guessing, isn't he? Yeah, and, it, and for Benfica, it's like... Lad, you nearly scored an absolute worldie uh, against Alison Becker at, at Anfield. Yeah, you scored two more than that. You probably scored three offside goals as well. That mm. that was encountered. I don't know. Like maybe it is just confidence, but he's one of the most nervous footballers I've ever seen. And even like we started to understand his movement more in that game, we realised the ball needs to be in behind, and um, we did try it, but out of possession and everything. Like I look at Cody Gakpo, he was playing right side of centre mid, and he looked like yeah, I know he knows what he's supposed to do. Yeah, he knows it all. And I look at Darwin, and he just looks like a puppy that doesn't know where where his mum is, and I feel dead sad for him. But, like, I also just need you to have a bit of... I'm, I'm Sarwin Nunes. I'm playing for Liverpool. Have something more about you. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Because you do... He, he, someone in the cop the other day, he missed a bl such a big chance. And we all screamed, Nunes, Nunes. And someone was like, it was absolutely crap. What are you all doing here? <laughs> and But we were getting behind him. And he needs to feed off that. Yeah. He needs to use yeah. that. Because he's got our belief. He's got our support. He needs to believe in himself. He's gonna eventually. He's gonna run out of that, isn't he? Yeah. So he needs to turn it around. Yeah. You know, we're some of the most patient fans with big players and mm -hmm. big signings and stuff like that. But eventually, like if he goes through another season like that, there are gonna be huge swathes of people who just can't be asked singing his name no more. Um, for me, I I agree with most of what Chloe said. I think his movements when when we're attacking is absolutely top draw. Yeah. To be honest yeah. with you, and I, and I think that a lot of the time his movement he doesn't make that run just to get the ball although he can receive it, but it does open up space for other players on the pitch as well. And I think, I always, I always seem to refer back to this, but the Barcelona documentary um, from years ago where Thierry Henry's talking about being brought into Barcelona and, and now Pep Guardiola's telling him, make that run, make that run. And he's gone, but he's never given me the boys. Like, yeah, no, but you've opened space up for Messi and he's better than you. Mm. Like that's the type of thing that Darwin's doing, which is, which is helping other players on the football field at the same time. And that doesn't always lead to goals and assists, but you know, if you, team is winning and he's playing in that team then it's also a good thing as well sorry that's the other thing and I, once again I mentioned that on the post-match out of possession is where he looks the most lost because he doesn't know when to press when we win the ball back but 
as soon as Robertson came on and Robertson was getting the early crossing, the run is movement to the near post to get on Andy Robbo's balls. And there was about three of them in the space of five, ten minutes where the defender had to put it out for a corner and we kept piling the pressure mm. on the corners. That The movement in the box is incredible. And, you know, you can hit the byline if you want, but he's in running across defenders, set-piece stuff like that, you know, his headers... I love all that. It's just out of possession. He looks like he doesn't. And that, like I agree. It that's is. where I agree with you. I think that's the hardest part of of being a centre forward for Liverpool. Yeah. You know, you it's not like you're on the wing and you've got to cover one guy. Yeah. You're central. You've got to know where the people are behind you. He doesn't turn his head enough. No. And that's the thing that Bobby made it look second nature for. And I think Jota's really good at it and underrated at it. I think Gakpo's got a, just a, a natural ability for yeah. understanding where he's supposed to be. And Nunes has to think about it. When you think about things on the football field, you're too slow. Yeah. It's happened, doesn't it? It's yeah. His movement, I think, the last couple of games, you know, again, his, his ability to go and stretch things in behind, that's, how, that's the only way that's going to work. Because, and that's the idea of having a different type of forward. We're all mm. saying, be, be Cody Gakpo, who we're, we're telling him to be Bobby Firmino. I wouldn't, Firmino. I wouldn't want Nunes to be Gakpo because his first touch isn't good enough yeah, and he's, he's not good enough at passing it's, the ball. He's not. He's <laughs> never going to be that. He, he, he's functionally quite good. I, you know, I think he knows the passes he should be playing and I think he can sharpen up in that. But you're right, it's never going to be super fluid because he's a different type he's just a different type of footballer like Erling Haaland knits the play together quite well and he's better and he holds the ball up better than, than Darwin does sure but you wouldn't be saying to him right you're Kevin De Bruyne today mate you know it just it, it, it won't work in that way they're all everyone's got the strengths and the weaknesses and you're supposed to play to a player's strengths aren't you yeah and I thought it was interesting we put Ngakpo in midfield because the the obvious decision there is just to put Elliot back in again, and we, we had a chat about this on the on the preview on on Pint. But mm. the physicality, I think, is is one of the obvious reasons not to put Harvey in there. Size there for is, set pieces, I suppose. Falls yeah. Under that, that. yeah, that. But also, I do wonder whether there was a little bit of okay. Well, we want to, we do want to. We want to try and get something working with Nunes here, but we can't afford to not have Gakpo in the side. Then it was like a, a nice, a nice sort of elegant solution to the problem almost of it means he does get to he does get to put on and be we we talk about at the tip of the spear he goes to be the number nine for us but you've not lost Gakpo's ability to kind of tie it all tie it all together and behind I don't I wouldn't say it was a rip-roaring success but I also think you mentioned before though Chloe I thought Cody Gakpo was really good in in midfield I thought he looked smooth in, in what he did and I could foresee a world where if Nunes does bang that chance from Trent we're actually talking about, ooh, well, this is our next gear up. Gakpo starts a lot of the games, but all of a sudden that looks like a, a, a really solid plan B. But when Darwin doesn't, it looks like a, it needs more work back to the drawing board, needs a bit mm. more experimentation than what people think. I don't think it's the sort of the long-term position for Cody Gakpo, but what it does do, it shows you again, if you didn't know already, just how wonderful a footballer we have in our hands like Darwin Nunes sort of attribute wise he's probably got more going for him he's got more boxes sick than someone like Cody Gakpo what Cody Gakpo has is this football brain this just intelligence about knowing where to be at the right time knows when to press knows when to give it knows when to go with it he's just phenomenal like we've dropped a lad he's been in the club for a few months now into a terrible situation and he's been so so impressive and now we've gone a step further and gone do you know what we've been so impressed with you go and start a game in midfield against Brentford a very good Brentford side who are physical and they're going to make life difficult we trust you to go and do it like how good a start to a career has this lad had it's been phenomenal yeah yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it honestly yeah, more of him. that he's, he's quickly rapidly becoming my favourite Liverpool player and that's mm. very hard 
for someone to really pick Alison and Virgil Mo off the top, Cody Gakpo was getting there for me. Yeah. There was it's easy for me because there was a big Bobby for me, you know, hole coming, <laughs> yeah. and he's just Wandered slotting into straight yeah. into yeah. it, and it's just because it's everything that I love about Bobby. You know what I mean? It's you know he's not the fastest guy in the world and all that type of stuff. And I think I always gravitate to players who who don't have the physical attributes of the others around them, and yet are still able to mm. to perform week in week out. I mean, I was looking at some of the stats for Cody at the weekend, and he, he can tested more ground jewels than anyone else on the on the football field and he won more ground jewels than anyone else on the football field more so than Fabinho more so than Virgil van Dijk for Liverpool so you know that shows you he's not he's not shy of doing that as well you know he only won 50% of them he won 5 of 10 but you know that's just as good as most of the guys on the fo- on the pitch to be honest with you so he, he showed up everywhere he had two big opportunities one no, I think he missed two big chances by by all accounts, but he actually had one shot. The one where um, he rattled off his shins. Just, like, yeah, honestly, just so like I, I was talking in the car on the way home, he just must have pointy shins because just hit it and went straight back where mm. it came from. That um, chaos theory, as explained by Doctor Malcolm on Jurassic Park, you know, there's a droplet of water. There's another equivalent test where you bounce a football off Cody Gakpo's shins <laughs> a thousand times and it can go in either direction. It's impossible to predict which way it's going to go. You do that again next game and it goes in because yeah, that's just does. the way. It and the other one, I think, you know, I, I think he should have slotted the other one to yeah, be honest yes. with. Yeah, I think he's got the I ball agree. under control. He's maybe taking it slightly early. Don't mind players taking shots early it means the goalkeepers um, kind of caught in no man's land I thought for the life of me it was getting rattled into the net that one you know I was shocked when it never went in like the the thing about the thing about Cody Gakpo is he's so so tall well compared to Bobby Firmino he's really tall I would not expect him to have the acceleration that he does on the ball that is close you know that the way he keeps a ball so close to him whilst going at a ridiculous pace. And that is something that Bobby... We've, we've never seen Bobby Firmino with pace. Yeah. And now, not just is Cody Gappo filling that, that you know, mould at the moment, but he's also got this attribute of pace as well. So if we are, if we do need to counter in behind, he can do a one-on-one situation because he's got the pace. Uh, yeah, I, I love him yeah. already. Absolutely. Uh, it was interesting on match of the day, I thought Ian Wright touched upon the Darwin Nunes stuff and went through some of the chances mm. he's missed and his overriding point was just you're more concerned if he's not getting in the positions. Mm. The fact that he is suggests that eventually that'll click. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I saw there was a comment in our uh, Facebook group and I've seen a few people mention, uh, have messaged me in different variety of forms about Alexander Isak and saying like, mm. why did Liverpool not buy him and why did they buy Darwin Nunes? It's like because ultimately because you know, Darwin Nunes had a better season last season. You know, he he'd have looked at him and gone, yeah, he's absolutely sound. He, okay, yeah, he, he looked great value for money in terms of Isak, but he'd had a, a much more meteoric early rise and then fallen off a cliff as a result of it. Mm. And he's managed to turn his career around and he's having a, he's had a, a good back end to the season for Newcastle. But you look at Darwin, the, the raw materials are there. He's played against, We've seen him play against us. You know, we've seen him firsthand and got wow. You know, he was capable of causing Liverpool's defence problems. Mm. You've got to trust the goals will come because he's again he's got fifteen goals this season. Yeah. He's our second top top goal scorer in all comps. <laughs> you know, we would be nowhere actually. With, people go on about nowhere without Allison, nowhere without Salah. We're actually nowhere without Darwin because he's the only other one who's consistently scored goals for us across the season more in the first half sure but mm. um, yeah, it's not to be sniffed at the goals no, no, that no. he's got this season at, at all is it I mean you know there's an adjustment period with any new signing but I think for Nunes when you say right you're going to be the, the, the striker for Liverpool and essentially you are taking Bobby Firmino's position on the pitch you just have to look at that front three and go well it's not going to work straight away yeah 
we're not going to see the best out of Nunes or Liverpool straight away. You know, I was sitting here pre-season thinking you get 20, 25 goals and absolutely loving life, of course. You get carried away with things. Uh, but, like, now with hindsight, you look at it and go, wow, fucking hell. No way does someone just step into Bobby Firmino's role and play it completely differently yes. and the rest of the side instantly click with them. Well, as we said as well, you know, you kind of alluded to it, Dan, we've changed, we've changed the system. We've, we've played like we've played more formations this season than we've probably played in any individual season, you know, because we tried, started with 4-3-3, we tried 4-2-4, we've mm. done four, multiple four, va- multiple variations, yeah, exactly, on, on that, and then we shifted to the box midfield. And if his English is not great, he's probably just learned the words that you need for 4 You four, need to learn the numbers, mate, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need to start with if we're changing formation that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Uno, one. <laughs> um, right, so, uh, Aaron... Gaza sends a super chat in says Darwin will come good just needs to gain composure in front of goal the important part is always in position to score yeah, yeah. I agree with that. it'll click or it won't click I mean the, 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 the beauty of it is I know it's a lot of money and people get hung up on the money things at times I know I do you know when I talk about how Liverpool are going out to buy footballers but I think there's always a bit of a warning on that if loads of money doesn't automatically guarantee a player that's going to come in and be a perfect fit for you but also with Liverpool we, we've learned to give players two or three seasons and you can you can get more I mean uh, my dad would speak better to, to this than I can of course but like Ian Rush is the all time top goal scorer rubbish absolutely rubbish when he came in you know no one liked him he hated Liverpool didn't mm. fit in at all was getting bullied in the changes by the, all these senior players and all that didn't feel part of the squad and then when he's on the verge of like it being like it's not going to work out for him it clicks and he just starts scoring goals and now no one would ever contest the Ian Rush is a great player I'm not saying he's going to go and do Ian Rush things. I'm just saying there's, there's cautionary tales one way or the other. You can get overhyped at a player and they can fall flat, or also you can you can write off a good player too soon. Time's gonna time's gonna tell on him certainly. Um, just very briefly, Anthony Taylor is utter garbage <laughs> as a referee. I believe it broke the record for the least amount yeah. of ball in play since the really? records began mm. in like 2006. I think they started keeping that. It was like 39 minutes in play or something, wasn't it? Jesus. Ridiculous. Like, That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. We didn't even get a half, mate. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm being robbed. You are. It's not value for money, that. No, is it? he's a wreck. Yeah, he was absolute shite. He's a shocking, shocking referee. We'll ask a question, though, because the guy guy sitting next to me or behind me in the cop said at half-time, we're paying the the Klopp tax here, the Klopp tierney tax of if he's going to be, if he's going to fall out with referees, then referees are going to fall out with him and it's going to it's gonna cost us. That feels like one of those like points that will. There's no way of proving that one way. Well, or the other. no, look, I think it, it could possibly be. You know, I think we we saw we reaped the benefits midweek by a penalty that we probably wouldn't normally get mm. because of clock kicking off the week before, and then it swings back the other way this weekend and, yeah. and goes both ways. Depends so who the matrix doesn't it? I suppose like if somebody loves Paul, Andy Taylor might love Paul Turney, yeah, and the fellow we had a midweek might not be that big of a fan. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be careful that sort of thing. And genuinely, because like if you slag out or you have a pop up one guy's mate in the refereeing fraternity, you know, you get him next time, man's like, oh yeah, you you kicked off my mate. Also, Taylor's a mank, so he doesn't need much encouragement, yeah. does he? No, he doesn't. Granted, no, of course not. No, but yeah. like you say, you just don't know, do you? Like, it didn't make me wonder because he said about the guy said, "What's he doing? It's the poor fourth official it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make any decisions." And I, I've often wondered this. I wonder if the fourth official and the referee have got an open mic. And Klopp does that. 
so yeah, that effectively yeah. he's talking to the referee can hear what he's saying. I've off, I, I, that's a pure speculation. I've got no idea whether that is enough or whether it's like a, a walkie-talkie push-button style situation. Mm. In which case, it's a complete. It is just inventing at the nearest yeah. at the nearest person. But um, yeah, did wonder about that one. I feel like it'd be like as a referee running constantly and then having to press something to speak. Surely not. Mm. But maybe it is. Well, the official could just press it, couldn't they? But the yeah. I guess, but um, the League One video that came out where the the ref was mic'd up, it, it was just a free flowing conversation mm. that he was linked to everyone because literally he'd just turn around like and say ten minutes left, lads. You know, let's you know keep making the correct decisions. Don't you know? <coughs> don't get persuaded by whoever the player may be or yada yada yada. It'd be better if it was just available for everyone else to hear because I'm pretty sure they said they were going to release some sort of audio situation from mm. that crop encounter mm. and I'm yet to hear it and Paul he got, down, got didn't taken he? off football refereeing duty so yeah we'll see we'll, we'll see whether anything comes to that of course eh? ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Some good comments before we head to the break. Um, this one from Dom Lear saying, Lady English is going to stop his shots going for throw-ins. Come on, Darwin, lad. <laughs> <laughs> really like that one. Um, Remy Tonwe says, Chloe, great work on the post-match analysis after the game on Saturday. Very nice, nice one. Chloe Men TV, says Michael. Hmm. Come on. All right, yeah. It's pathetic. Thank um, you. Keep it coming. Just, I'll write them all down. Yeah. Um, Josephine, who must have also said, exactly, I was shocked with the ref. Booked Allison for time wasting relatively mm. early. I that that was one of the ones that just you know like yeah all right, sounds <laughs> come on. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. The amount of goalkeepers waste time at Anfield and Allison gets yeah, one. Yeah yeah yeah. Sorry, are you are you, are you on crack? No. Yeah yeah. No no. Ref no, been sniffing glue there mate. Yeah. My favourite one was Virgil Van Dijk winning a perfect header. <laughs> Go so give me, it a foul, yeah, yellow card. <laughs> Come on. He didn't get given a yellow. Sorry, he'd already been given a yellow, but the foul yeah. was just like, he just dominated in the air and got, got it given just a foul. He just won a header, Chloe. Yeah. That's all he did. He won a header and, and, and Annie Taylor didn't like it, so he booked him. And why? Because he, he won a header. That was it, and he hates him. It was ridiculous. It was one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen, and that says a lot because I've seen a lot of crap ones. Absolutely. Uh, right, a full 60-minute show with uh, Steve Hoare, Andy Bell, uh, and Abby Rudkin on the final word over on Redmen Plus on that game. So if you've got more 
uh, Liverpool Brentford chat, then do head over to Redmond Plus for that one. And yeah, we're going to be picking up on the top four chat with Newcastle and Manchester United getting beat of the weekend. That's on the Bias Football Pod, which we're recording straight after this one live on Redmond Plus as well. So go and head over there. Um, there's a little short break from us, and then we will return talking about some coronation fallout. And what did we say we were going to talk about before the show that you were? Oh, the director of football. Oh, director of football chat. Okay, stay tuned. Hey, what's happened? We have got our huge, our mega, our extravagant end of season party coming up and available for ticket sale right now. Do you like what we do on the podcast, on the shows, on the match days, on the watch-alongs? Then come and see us live and in the flesh with live music by the full band of the Ragamuffins as well. Yes, the Reds have been in a, a tricky season, shall we say the very least. But you know what? Let's see the season out in style with a Redmen TV party for the ages. We're going to be at Hotel Anfield on the 19th of May. That is the Friday night. Get your babysitters booked and come and party with us to drown the season's sorrows or celebrate a successful end. Whichever way it goes, we will be there with you. Let's have a laugh. Tickets on sale right now. The link will be in the description. I hope to see you there. Hey, it's the Bias Football Podcast. We're f***ing idiots. What are we doing? <laughs> right, grudging respect, Chris. A little bit of a wild one this week. We're going to give it for Danny Ings, because Danny Ings has just decided to play for every team with claret and blue like it's his colour. There was just nothing in the news this week. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all agree. Danny Ings deciding two months ago to sign for West Ham. Do you respect the week? Bit, but how long was it? In a coma. Can't even get you right. <laughs> Steve Wilson, Alan Shearer. Every single person on the BBC. You know what? That'll do. Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Green sweet, baby. Grudging respect of the week. Yeah. You know what? Actually, Chris Payne, Jack wins the grudging respect of the week. If you can get Danny Ings that win, Jesus Christ. It's the biggest story in the news has been all about footy and how much we respect every single person. But no, well done, Danny. Hey, yes, welcome back. First of all, easy for me to say, I've been trying to... I'd say I was I wasn't gonna say your schmanky wrong, but what I've done is completely <laughs> be unable to talk uh, in the build up to it. Join us on the Bias Football Podcast, which will be recording live in about an hour, I reckon, over a moment plus. Um, but uh, we will come to talk about the director of football in a moment. But I want to do coronation fallout uh, before we do, because inevitably, it, it's I think it's a I think it's a big thing. And what I've noticed, um, Chris, is my I put the video out on my YouTube channel. Because it was in the middle of the the vlog, and I actually thought it was worth people actually seeing it. Because I think a lot of people react to the sort of news they hear. Liverpool fans boo the coronation, uh, the, the the national anthem, and it actually wasn't that. There was certainly some of that, without a doubt. I know there were people who did who didn't boo. I saw that you know I saw some Union flags in the ground. There's plenty of you know Union flag bunting around Liverpool. There were street parties and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like the whole city of Liverpool and every person in it has got a problem with the, the coronation and all that kind of stuff. But lots of people just chanted Liverpool over the top, which I thought was a more 
a, a more us approach to it. To be perfectly honest, that just forget you. Great, you have your moment. We'll just we'll just we'll, we'll do us. What's most important to us is the our football club and our city and what have you. Um, it's impossible to contextualize the entire size of it. The point I made on the day was solely that, and we talk about a lot about this a lot. It's the crassness of the the pageantry and all the money that's got into it, and playing that national anthem to celebrate that when there's a van outside collecting food because there's people in the local area who can't afford to feed their kids. That's the thing that always kind of sits uneasily with Yeah, me. I, listen, I, I booed and I shouted Liverpool when the Liverpool shout started. I did both. I'm, I'm happy for, I'm happy to admit that. Like, um, For me, it isn't just the monarchy that the national anthem represents. You know, it, it represents the government of this country as well, which I wholeheartedly disagree with there are royalists maybe you watch this and fine if you want to be a royalist i'm not saying that you can't be i'm not saying you shouldn't be they might have done something great for you in your life be surprised but they might have done um for me it is about the mismanagement of liverpool as a city for the last 20 or 30 years and longer if you want going back to thatcher's government going back before that even you know the the the, the managed decline of, of liverpool you know it's about our money being cut to our local council by over half a billion pounds since 2010 uh, when the, the coalition government came in. It's about the fact that the government was cut another £73 million pounds last year on top of the half a billion pounds it had been cut continually. It's about the £1,100 that each person is losing out on every single year in services, whereas other, other councils are getting it who vote for the Tory government. You know, there is so much more to this than, than just the king. Then you throw in the crashness of it. There was a photograph we were looking at yesterday that I showed you where um, he's going along in his golden carriage and they've literally filled in potholes on the ground so the horses don't break the legs with fucking wet sand because it is systematic of a government and a, and a country that can't fix its problems mm. properly. And this that that was just one image which was like, oh my gosh, they've actually filled this in with wet sand because you've got so many bad potholes that cars will go through that people could hurt themselves on, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. There is so yeah. much wrong with this. And you've spent 150 million quid of taxpayers' money on moving a crown from one palace on a cushion to another fucking palace on a cushion to then put it onto some fucking fat sausage-fingered meth's head. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. The whole thing's a fucking disgrace. Yeah. It's just stupid, isn't it? And and look again to point on the <laughs> to put on the royalist front I, again. It's I, I find the royalist thing a bit a bit odd because ultimately it's just a bunch of people who are who are just people. They're just literally other human beings. The human beings who are born into like a mad world where they you know they we were all told that they're more important and better than us for what I can about is no reason whatsoever. Um, it's just it's to, just to be fair to them that their bloodline hasn't been broken, has it? Fucking incest mm, everywhere. Yeah, like, but it's just geez. that. It's, it's just. But it's just. It's just that. It's just that. As far as I'm concerned, you know what I mean. It, you know, it, it, all I've had all weekend is people saying, "Oh well, you know, the money that they bring in, and you know, it, it, it's great for tourism and blah blah blah." I'm like, yeah, you know what? So's Harry Potter. You know what I mean? I see as many Harry Potter things on sale in London as I do those like masks of the royal family and the little bobbleheads of the Queen and all that kind of shit. You know, you go to visit, people go to visit Buckingham Palace, great. People go to Warner Brothers Studios to see the Harry Potter tour. People go to uh, Paddington, they, you know, they go to they go to King's Cross to see the 
you know, the, the, the trolley in the wall. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan either, to be honest. Probably don't worry about the Royals that I know Harry Potter, to be honest. Um, but to the point, you know, and, and I see a lot of people, of course, in the, and the biggest supporters are people who are in the armed forces and all that. Co- but of course, mm. look, fair play, anyone who wants to go and put their lives on the line for, for other people, cool, man. But you, of course, you're going to be bought into the flag and bought into the national of it all because that's that's how they train you to be, you know what I mean? That's all that kind of stuff. And again, I don't want to steal joy from anyone. There's too little joy in this world. So if it's something that, you know, it, look, it makes a lot, it's made a lot of mums and aunties that I know happy seeing coronations. It just does, you know, because again, they're, they're, they're big pageantry moments. I know that, I know that. Lots of people in Liverpool are very, very happy about it. But it's just, again, it falls a bit fucking, it's a bit fucking crass for me because it's just, this city's, a, this, yeah. the city in this country is running into the ground. So, you know, they might bring all this money in, and that's what I've been getting told my entire life. The royal family is a net positive in terms of finances for this country, but I see more food banks each and every year on the yeah. streets of, the, of our it. city, so it's not, it's we, not for me. I've like. seen the, the the line that's been sort of, loads of people have said it, and it's that, like, there's more McDonald's, uh, there's more food banks than McDonald's, sorry, yeah. in, in, the, in the UK now. I actually looked into it because I thought, okay, right, I'm going to actually work it out. So McDonald's is like 1,397 or something like that. There's 1,400 and something official food banks plus another 1,200 independent food banks. So it's not just there are more. There are significantly more, nearly Mm. twice as many food banks in this country as McDonald's in this country. And that's a ridiculous thing. And there's loads in this area as well. And there's loads in all these other areas of the country that we just seem to turn a blind eye to. It's like the whole problem I've got at the moment is as you sort of rightly said there, without the calling him a sausage-fingered meth stuff. Um, which is valid. Which is valid as well. He is a normal person. And one of the biggest problems I think this country's got is this class system. And it's a social class sometimes, but it's probably more a socioeconomic class at the moment, mm-hmm. isn't it? And like the upper class and the middle class and the working class. As soon as you pigeonhole groups of people into these classes, then you are automatically creating barriers uh, and you're creating ceilings for those people and you're creating lines in the sand for they're not allowed to cross. And it's a problem I think that the whole world's got anyway. Like, you know, what what the fuck? What the fuck is a country? Like, really, you know what I mean? We're all just humans at the end of the day. We should be allowed to live and breathe wherever we want to live and breathe. And that's ultimately what causes, I think, racism. What's co- what causes problems with people who have a problem with the upper class, the working class and blah, blah, blah. We should never be drawing lines in the sand anywhere because that's what causes all of this shit. It would also be a little bit easier to, to take and understand if they didn't have Prince Andrew still just living his normal life, as if, you know... <laughs> you he, nonced. Exactly. Just because he's rich, famous and in that family, he just gets away with whatever he wants. Well, he yes. can do what... He can do the worst thing in the world and still sit there and have all his riches, all his rights, his name printed across. I mean, the fact that people are more bothered with Liverpool fans booing a national anthem than someone nonsing there, that well, makes People are more bothered. To show that the, the, the hilarity around the royal thing, that's why I find the whole thing just a, a huge joke. Because they're just basically a, a, like an elitist version of the Kardashians at this point. Is like that people are more asked about the little the young ginger one and his Harry. and his and the, his beard from suits than than yeah. they are going yeah, yeah. than than, than yeah. a, a guy who's 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 had underage sex with an underage person exactly. allegedly. Um, 
it's mad. You know, what I mean? the there was mad. a video where all these royal fans and stuff, and again, I don't want to beat on people for having fun the same as you, Paul. It, yeah. But like, they are literally go. There's a woman there, and she's saying she's saying the words. Harry's Harry's the worst. He he turned his back on his family. Mm. Prince Andrew never turned his back on his family, and all this. I'm like, are you living? Can you like, hear in the dark, mate. You can't you, see your penis when you turn your back on them. This is problem. Um, look, <laughs> the problem is with it all. Look, everyone's we're look. We sat here, super fans of Liverpool. There are super fans of the Royals. There are super fans of the Kardashians. There are super fans of Harry Potter. And if anything that you know, and so you get when you focus on the people who are like ultras of everything, they're all a bit mad and weird in their own mm. way. But again, it's the whole it's the whole thing. I, I hate the fact that boils down to it and we, here we are once again being put in that situation that anthem just shouldn't have been just shouldn't have been played no. No. do it or you know do, do it like an hour before the game or whatever till you've done it and you've 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 done your piece or no uh, no don't play the it. fucking anthem if you want and then you'll hear what yeah, we yeah. think of it yeah. i'm fine with them but playing the anthem what were your thoughts on the club on that side they, they were putting a bit of a no win in video situation, weren't they? Really, but what were your thoughts on them having to play it? Because I had a lot of conversations around this on Saturday. Just wouldn't have played it. There, was, there was, I think it was a strong recommendation, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't think they were told they explicitly had to play it. So I think we should start off with that. They've decided to do that. There are people inside the ground who did want to mark that occasion, Jordan and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Jordan Anderson's the captain of his country. I think that was probably putting him in a hard or has captain this country putting him in a harder position than anybody else. Yeah. But as a lad who's not from Liverpool with our background, I understand it, and I'm not going to yeah. argue with no. what Jordan wants to do. That's a that's a personal decision that you're allowed to do. But what I will say is you should expect backlash from us because as soon as you try and pigeonhole us into doing anything, you're going to get our backs up as a people, and that's what we do. We fight for what we believe in, and that was a situation where I think we'll have had more people talking about it and a lot of people will walk away with the same opinion that they've had of us and that's fine but a lot of people will go why yeah. and it takes mm -hmm. one person to google it to understand why and listen to this and understand why we feel the way that we yeah. do and in, in, in that regard it gives us a platform to do a bit of good no it is right and, and look this goes back to the point about things like Jordan Henderson can sing the national anthem we want to see. I saw some where Liverpool fans of all ten. There are people will because people don't understand this nuance and stuff. It goes to the point you can be, you can do do what you want, mm. be, be free free to do it, but don't. It, it works both ways. We can't be we can't be allowed to express our our you know distaste towards it yeah. all, and then expect other people can't like celebrate it at the same time. That's how it works. It's got to work. It's got to work that way. One thing I point out is. Liverpool have been booing the national anthem for as long as I've been into going to football <laughs> matches, mm -hmm. and it, it. So it's not like a trendy thing. It's not like someone's doing just you know just to draw attention because the coronation's a big thing, and it goes back to about crassness and what have you. It was getting booed when the Queen died. It was getting booed when the Queen was alive. You know, it. it, it, it used to sing "God Save Our Team" instead of the national anthem. Mm. You know, that and that 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 that's the thing. The, and that go on, Chloe. Just there last, was another thing that I saw. I, I don't know who it was on Twitter, but it was someone I followed, and it was they literally said it's sad that we're in a world where this weekend there was a coronation and people, you know, played the national anthem, and the only people who had the freedom of speech was those inside the ground who was able to boo something that they didn't believe in because there was people who tried to hold protest signs mm. that said, not my king. Freedom of speech, you're allowed to do that. If someone's allowed to sing the national anthem, people are allowed to not like it as well. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. But they were stripped of their rights of doing that. And it was a peaceful protest, yada, yada, yada. But it felt like we were the only voice that could be heard from the people who also think what we all think. And if you believe and if you love and buy into 
the royals sure you do that you're not affecting me um but don't come here and try and talk about you know us as a community and us as fans because there are some people who like the royals i absolutely can't stand them don't understand the monarchy don't get it and if you like it that's how we're living in in two different separate worlds on that and you can do what you want to do let me do what i want to do just i know you want to wrap this section up but just dead quickly i just want to give an idea of like where i am in terms of hatred right so manchester united the west Right, then you've got the, the you know, the Tory government and, and everything else. They're, they're there with it, don't get me wrong. But Liverpool fans don't just do this t- to s- see the eyes on us. Cristiano Ronaldo lost his son last mm. year. Yeah. And Liverpool fans who absolutely despise him, everything he's done in his football career and the football club, stood up as one in solidarity with him because we believed that it was yeah, the right. right thing to fucking do. Right, so when we know that something's right, we'll do it, whether we'd like the guy or we don't. And when we think that it's something bad, we're going to boo it. And that's just the way that it is. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good well point. Said. Really good point. Uh, we have some super chats before we crack on with the DOF chat. Uh, Jacko0590 says, Side Q, would you have James Ward prowls? Hashtag. The answer's no. His name's Sutori. Oh, right. Alexander Arnold's fine. <laughs> 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 I was going to say double Scotland. battle, but yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't have James no. Ward prowls. He's got no. Newcastle written all over him. Yeah. Um, Gareth Baird says, Joined late going back to the start, lads. YNWA, thank you so much. Um, we've had another couple which I will track down. And the app, uh, this country's in a cost of living crisis, homelessness nearing an all time high, and UNICEF are feeding our kids. That's why they got the booing. Love yeah. that. Yeah, because yeah, I, I had someone say to me, Well, you know, you pour this money, you you, you pour this money into, into watching your football club and these millionaires run around. You could spend your season ticket money on feeding those people instead. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, for a start, we've, literally, we've literally raised thousands for the food banks over, the, yeah. over in, in recent years. But also, it's like, this is these this is the pet like I don't think you can have it both ways. If we're gonna have people who's and we're literally their people, like we're we're apparently the king or and we're and king king or queen subjects. Like we're there, it's their country. They effectively are it's it's theirs. They are the, the de facto head of the entire country. It could surely it's on them a little bit more than it should be on each other's. Because if I can treat the people of Liverpool like it's my city and these are my people and I will look after my people and I've got not and I haven't got fucking two pennies to rub together. Surely the piece, the people with the gold scepter and gold and spare gold and, and jewel and the, crowns could the, possibly do the something scepter a bit more. of mercy and enactment or some Fuck shite off. that he was carrying the around. Sort of bell endery more you like know, spanking Camilla with that, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Oh, um, R-Y-S-W-A. <laughs> Um, I would rather live in a city that hates people singing the national anthem than a country that doesn't even allow it. Yeah, I think I get the meaning on that one. I live in a city that hates people singing the national anthem than a country that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's right. We've got the we've got the freedom to be able to say we don't like it, which is more than some countries get. Also, can I just say I loved. How and I saw some people going on about this who were fans of like United and Newcastle, but I love that this city, no matter what, it backs itself time and time and time again. We don't care what the rest of you think about us. We don't give a damn what you have to say about Piers Morgan. You can write about us all you want. You just can slam us in newspapers. We feed off that because we back ourselves. We back each other and we back for what the city stands for. If anyone thought at any point we would not have booed that or sung Liverpool 
Well, basically just drowned it out. I don't know where you are because we've been doing that. We yeah. did the two finals at Wembley last year. Why did you think we weren't going to do it again? Um, it, I just love how we stand up for each other time and time again, no matter what we're subjected to. And also, another point on how the fact that Hillsborough was tweeting was tweeted more than yeah. the King. Yeah, just be, it's freedom of speech. We're allowed to do that. We can have our opinion. Yeah. Attacking people who did you attack lost. anyone who sang the national anthem this weekend, Chloe, on Twitter? I didn't. No, know. did anyone? No. no. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, so I saw Jordan Henderson and just left. Own or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I was, I saw the video of Jordan Henderson and I was like, wow, he's got great hearing because I'm listening to this video and I don't know how he's singing along to it because I can't even hear the song. <laughs> I was like, that's pure dedication to that. I, uh, I, I remember like, watching Italia 90 and we used to watch it and I'd have been seven at the time and go, ah, meth, when someone would be singing the national anthem as the camera would go along the line. Like, again, this is like... Don't England fans be the national anthem of 30. all the other countries anyway? Yeah, yeah. they do, yeah. <laughs> That's fine, though. Don't worry about Absolutely that. Because nationalism, Chris, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nationalism and tribalism and all that kind of stuff. Everyone's just as bad as you. Everyone's got their own thing to do this on. Xbox fans do this to PlayStation fans and DC fans do this to Marvel fans. Cars on FIFA. Yeah, exactly. DC yeah. fans do it to Marvel fans. What, like, have they got to stand no, on? No, I know, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's all like that. Everyone's got their own thing that they go, they go mad for. It's just the, the annoying thing about mm-hmm. it is, like, to the point, like, Harry Potter is not a real person. Sorry, you know, and all these kind of things. These are real human beings with real money and a real ability to make some positive change in the country. But instead, they'd rather just keep their traditions because they've got They fence themselves from the laws that mean that they have to, you know, mm. inheritance tax and all that lark. Yeah, like. right. uh, Stuart Armstrong, member for 29 months. First, he was a great point there by Chloe about freedom of speech. That is right. Right, let's... Oh, we've got gift memberships going up from Edward Joseph. Oh, 1808 is gifted 10 Red Men TV. Wow, wow. We gave 20. Uh, we gave 20 away the other night as well. That's 30 this week. Well, well what a superstar. Um, okay, let's talk... About Liverpool's director of football. That was that was very very Tory. That you know, guys. Yeah. Well played, sir. Yeah, well played. <laughs> Tip of the hat. Hey, listen, respect respect comes in all sorts of forms, doesn't it? Like, I mean, thank you so much. Um, that was socialism at its at its finest. There, people supporting other people. Yes, yeah, true. Um, Jorg, go on. Schmadke. Schmadke. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not nailed down the pronunciation myself yet, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm on, we're all looking at you now. Yeah, it's... I know, I'm planning on doing so. Yeah, Liverpool uh, um, made him the lead candidate, I believe, um, for the sporting director stroke director of football job over the weekend. Really strange one, to be honest. I've been doing a little bit of research ahead of speaking to somebody more clued up on it than I tomorrow. Um, and yeah, it's just an odd one because... Never left Germany in terms of his football career. Was a former goalkeeper and then took up some management positions. Been at Wolfsburg, Hamburg, I think Cologne as well. Um, Hoffenheim as well for a little bit as well. And it's just odd because he retired earlier this year in January from his Wolfsburg job. And been spoken to somebody and he said he had retired. He wanted to spend more time with the family, etc. And he was done. So that's a weird part of it. And then there's the fact that apparently the relationship between himself and Klopp, because they're supposed to be friends, but it's not due to football. It's due to their shared love of a particular German band. Die, what's it called? Die, something. Yeah, so it's, 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 and, and generally speaking, he seems like quite... Sorry, a, you've got the... the, the I don't know the name. <laughs> the. Uh, he's like quite a, an interesting character, I think it's fair to say. The words outspoken, strange, have all been banded about a little bit. So it looks like... 
an out of the box appointment if Liverpool do go ahead. And his his actual success stories when it comes to transfers aren't exactly <laughs> glittering either. Like I mean, <laughs> Victor Oshiman was one of them, and he sold oh. him really cheap. No, he sold oh. him really cheaply. So that's kind of looked at in a negative sense, if you like. Um, Eric Meyer from years ago is one of his. He's had some really interesting transfers. Wow. Anthony Modeste is another one. They're not exactly oh, household yeah. names. Let's put yeah. it that way. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know enough about this whole thing. I'm not. Uh, is there a football manager for a director of footballs? Because I don't know. You know, I don't know how to rate these people. Ultimately, you know, we've had we've been hoodwinked in the past. I remember Damien Camoli was seen as being the answer for Liverpool because mm. he had the experience. He'd been a Tottenham Adney and he had a good a good sort of success rate there, I, I believe. Or and then when it started to go wrong, it was like actually no, he was just very good at claiming credit for all the things that went right, and then all the blame went on went on other people. Michael Edwards was just the laptop geek who apparently was the behind the downfall of Brendan Rodgers, and then all of a sudden when he was actually allowed and again got you know to do his job and be given the support and work with people who work with him the way that he wanted to be worked with, um, we were talking about building him a, a statue and all that kind of stuff. So whilst all, all the mutterings and stuff are a bit concerning, this is a this is one of the most unique situations ever because Klopp actually referenced it in his press conference last week. I think he said you know he he, he talked about how like. If he's not the one doing the deals, and he's got a lot of like, you know, like respect for the people who have the ability to do the deals, it might just be that Chris. He well, might was, just be I very good thinking, at driving a hard bargain. I was bargain. just thinking that 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 could be what it is. In 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 some ways, you know, you don't want to be picking the player. You're not a scout. You are there to make sure that Liverpool get a good deal over a number of years. So it's how much you pay up front and all those types of things. And maybe you maybe you're absolutely right. Maybe it's just he drives a hard bargain and the, the information is going to be filtered up to him. And the last thing he gets is right, this is the player that we want. And he goes, Sean, I get it for ten million under that. No mm. problem and move on. And if he's good at that type of thing, who knows? You probably need to look at his bank balance to find out whether he's good at negotiating <laughs> contracts. Because if he's got a huge bank balance and been getting paid really well for not doing a great job, he's probably quite good at driving our bargain. <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. But I, I'm a bit like that. I've, I've only read a, a few little bits and pieces on him, and it does feel very strange, very un Liverpool under. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, FSG like we're going outside the box here and mm. I, I'll be honest that makes me a little bit nervous yeah, to be honest 100%. well it suggests a shift doesn't it so it does suggest a shift because we appointed Will Spearman um, we've given promotion early on this year Ward. yeah exactly yeah. and it suggests that more emphasis might be put on his plate potentially and just we're for those let... who the uninitiated by the way so Ian Graham was Sorry. the <laughs> head of Oh, what's the Research, title? Um, uh, Research yeah. and something like that. Yeah. And so Will Spearman was one of the the top, top, top data men at Liverpool Football Club. Um, has been there since about 2012, something like that. Ian Graham had a team. Uh, we kind of all went to university with, mm-hmm. to be honest. And and but Will Spearman's one of the ones staying on, and he's w- moving up into that role. Yeah. Director of research, I think it is. Yeah. Actually, thinking about it. And these are the guys. These are the guys who write the algorithms that mm-hmm. all the other clubs are trying to copy. And Michael Edwards, sorry, Michael Edwards and Julian Ward are in a sense one of them. They were part of the same team. But it seems to me if we do appoint George Schmadke that he's going to kind of sit above that and he won't necessarily be a part of the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty. But you're right to the point whereby they'll sort of do all the data, do all the analysis, all the research and then take a list of players and say, right, out of that list, this is what we want. And he's going to be the one to go away and do it. Because Jürgen Klopp did speak about him earlier this year. I think it was to a Wolfsburg-based magazine, actually, and said, I'd love to work with him one day. So it is fascinating how 
there is a relationship there. There's no two ways about that. But the relationship, as I said earlier, it's a hasn't friendly relationship. Yeah, it hasn't been based on football yet. And all the the talk about him is how much of a character he is. Like Nico Kovac, the current Wolfsburg manager, came out at the weekend and said, "Oh, he's funny. He's got a great sense of humour." People don't always understand him in terms of in terms of his humour. So it's just a fascinating way to go because like you said FSG appoint best in class that's what we've always mm-hmm. done with Michael Edwards etc it seems to me like now we've got best in class in place with the likes of Spearman but now we're going for it's Klopp it's it's Klopp let's give him what he wants and to me this is what he wants the, the thing that makes me feel a little bit uneasy is the way that he's called out a load of his you know the, the people he we worked with at Wolfsburg he did do that yeah and that just seems very unlike Liverpool. We don't make our, yeah, our inside stuff yeah. public to yeah. anyone. And the fact that he, he he's very outspoken and mm-hmm. just drags all of his dirty laundry with past employers, it, it, it makes me feel a bit uneasy because that's just not how Liverpool have ever done it. With FSG and under Jurgen Klopp specifically, and wouldn't you wouldn't you want someone where you know as a director of football, they come from a football club that you can see the philosophy, mm. like an Ajax one, a good Ajax one makes sense. Yeah, you can see that a good Barcelona one makes sense. You know, what are we seeing here? Uh, is there anything there? <laughs> the record isn't seeing? there. The record shouldn't be. I had a good look before. It's it's players that he's brought in, deals he's been involved with. The record genuinely isn't there. And listen, I, I'd love to be proved wrong when it comes in and we have this great success story with him, but it just hasn't been the case so far. His yeah. footballing track record in terms of what he's done in his positions doesn't doesn't stack up, essentially. Yeah, as I say, it, it, we're just left purely speculating on stuff, you know, unless it's just, you know, another it's another big character and maybe do you want you want someone in there who is actually forthright with their opinions and whatever you do is prepared to come in and challenge Klopp and actually is enough of a... Enough of a experience presence, maybe not maybe. at the top yeah presence is actually the word yeah mm. i'm looking for yeah you know who, who doesn't who's not going to be you're not going to bow to Jürgen because it's Jürgen club what we don't know is you know michael has had a great relationship but i don't know what julian ward's relationship was like with Jürgen club there's mutterings about that not being yeah. not being at the same sort of level so actually getting someone an older fella who is a bit of a prick by all accounts actually could be one of those things that Jürgen might actually be demanding he might demand someone who keeps him honest mm. whereas it must be it might doesn't be harder yes, to, yeah yeah it might be hard might be harder to have someone who, who doesn't maybe doesn't respect or whatever and I'm not saying he doesn't respect you anymore by the way that's I'm not saying that in the slightest but I'm, I'm pure speculation that, that maybe there's something to that but it's obviously not done but it looks like it's that's the strongest links we've had so far by some it? way yeah by some way that this is this is not Smoke without fire, sort of territory now for me. This is the telegraph. Yeah, it's big. Okay. Um, couple of new first team members here on YouTube. Uh, big love to Thomas Maloney and Travis Cornelius, uh, who that might be the most uh, Tory name we've ever had. <laughs> Cornelius. <laughs> That's what a name. You kind of really like that, to be honest. Uh, really good indeed. Um, yeah, that is it. Though we're going to wrap up on the. Is podcast he still a member? Has he left already? Yeah, he's gone off. Um, sounds right. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, loads more to come from us this week. Thursday night, pint, seven pm on Thursday as well. We've got two battle rappers on with us this week. Is that this request. week? Yeah, yeah. Bizzo Bond and it, it, it's is... right, Blood Show. Yeah. Bosh, can't wait. Yeah, we've got that. Uh, we're doing Bias Football Podcast straight after this one as well, so make sure you tune in. Dan, you've been doing some expert insights. Yeah, you? a couple of expert insights. They won um, on Alexis McAllister solely, and then, like I say, one doing a bit more on Jörg Schmadke with a, the brilliant Raphael Honigstein as well tomorrow, so that'd be good. Amazing. So, yeah, plenty to keep you entertained on Red 
mmplus.com uh, if you want to get uh, 50% off a yearly subscription uh, just go to use a club captain subscription yearly subscription and use the code year simple as that y-e-a-r um, and get 50% off that is a huge discount that's going to give you everything for the rest of the season it's going to give you summer all transfers. summer summer transfers all summer the Bobby Firmino documentary and all the way through <laughs> to this time next year when Liverpool are about to lift the Premier League title again um, in that kit Champions League. in that kit right there yeah absolutely uh, so yeah come and get involved videos and podcasts documentaries features interviews fill your boots on redmanplus.com and we'll be back with another podcast next week if you want more an extra Redmen podcast each and every week but you're unsure what the best platform for it well the best platform is of course redmenplus.com but if you are absolutely married to Spotify if you cannot live without Spotify in your life you can get the Redmen Plus podcast there now simply search for us on there sign up through there and you'll be able to access all of the new weekly podcasts from Redmen Plus directly in your Spotify app Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.